This is Optimus Prime, calling all Autobots. These are your primes, Matt. And Max. Coming to you with that sparking live-action Transformers content you know and love. This is The Last of the Witwickens, a Transformers roundtable discussion, a subcast of the Has Brothers. Matt, I got a question We <laughs> Snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> Brother. Matt, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What do you remember I, about I, 2007? Not much. You know, neither do that I. Was, um, that was 10 years ago. Yeah, it was quite a while back. More than 10 years ago at this point. A little. Yeah, do you remember the movies that did well that year, though? No. <laughs> neither but, do no. I. <laughs> but when looking up research for what our we're talking about today, I found out the most well-earning movie of that year, and still on the top 100 best-earning movies of all time, was... The Transformers live-action movie starring Shia LaBeouf. Holy shit, really? Completely honestly. (laughs) That was the top earner for 2006. That was the top earner of 2007. Holy shit. Yep. Now, when- It doesn't surprise me that that is a a high-earning movie, but top earner is- (laughs) Yeah. So now, also, uh, sorry, sorry. Welcome to the inaugural. Uh, welcome to the inaugural episode of the Has Brothers podcast. Uh, this is true, and specifically the subcast of the Has Brothers podcast, the Last of the Witwickens, where we come together to talk about all the uh, Transformers movies on our live action review. All of the live action Transformers. Movies. Yeah, very we're specifically covering, all of them. We're not covering the movie from 1986. <laughs> Correct. We're not doing animated features. We might do other ones in the Has Brothers later, but it is not part of the last of the Witwicked. So, <laughs> what, when you think of the first Transformers movie, what do you think about? Uh, a lot of dick jokes and uh, Bumblebee. You know, I don't remember there being a ton of dick jokes, but what I do know... Is that what I think of when I first think of it? Is that is where I first heard the term "bros before hoes," like unironically. It's where I first heard it, and it like that like was like that's a dumb term, and then it kept being used. And then I also you know I that, like, I I my I thought the first time I heard "bros before hoes" was American Dad, but that was probably after Transformers the movie from two thousand six. It inceptioned it clearly. So so um, also I think for further for for clarification. Um, like the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise, to differentiate from other Transformers movies, this is Transformers 06. 07. Was it 07? It was Shit. 07. You keep saying 06, but it's 07. Come on, Matt. You're that's, because, to be that's because production was in 06. Okay, uh, that is true. Like, they had been working that's on it for what, some That's time. what threw me off. Yeah, so uh, slight overview to this for anyone who doesn't really know about the film. Uh, Transformers, which was... Uh, Asked after it got some sequels, they asked if it would uh, kind of get a secondary title to it like the other ones got, similar to how, uh, you know, the first Star Wars was just Star Wars, but then it later got A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, th- when asked if it was going to get a later title as a result of this, it was a uh, no, it probably won't. But if it does, it will be more than meets the eye. So that's also a good way to refer to it. I feel like they're. I feel like Transformers more than meets the eye is the name of another movie. You're, you're probably right, but that's what was said anyway. Either way. Okay, so uh, this is Transformers episode four more than meets the eye. Correct. Transformers episode four more than meets the eye. We have to say the full thing every time now. Um, yeah, so Transformers four uh, more than meets the eye is the <laughs> first film in the series, uh, which was released on July 3rd, 2007. Uh, grossed $709 million worldwide, which does not sound that grand in the grand, uh, big in the grand scheme of things, but consider that like 
top earners from these years are still earning like just like a little over a billion. Yeah, this is this is the pre-Avatar era. Yeah, exactly. Prior and again, to when like, films could earn two billion dollars. Uh, now think how much it would have earned if it was an Avatar year. Um, but yeah, so it was directed by Michael Bay. Uh, screenplay by Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orci Orci. I'm not really sure to pronounce it. I'm, okay, so this is this is before uh, Steven Spielberg was involved in the franchise. Uh, he was already involved because he did not write the screenplay. He was a producer, executive producer. Uh, okay, so he was he was he was on exclusive. So the thing is, executive producer just means you're the one of the one people that makes money. You make oh. Uh, well, maybe he was just a regular producer. I don't know then. I need to check that again. But he, he his job was a lot of, like, making decisions about things, like, the people that were going to be working on it and making, like, ideas. But he didn't write anything. He didn't direct anything. He didn't, like, once the movie got going, he didn't do anything else. As far as we know, anyway. He might have done more, but, like, nothing really Yeah, notable. yeah, yeah. He, he takes more of an active role in the later films, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I guess it's there, but it's not here. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, the story was written by Kurtzman, uh, Orchie, and John Rogers, and it starred Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox, specifically it has listed here, though that's completely ignoring uh, Optimus Prime, which, to be honest, is kind of reasonable for this film. Shia LaBeouf, um, previously mostly of even Steven's fame. Yeah, he... He did whole. He did have also. other movie roles before Transformers. He had a lot of movie. He had movie roles going back to 1998. By the way, um, I think Holes was the first one like big movie though that I like heard about him from. But I knew him from Even Stevens because I watched a lot of Disney Channel as a kid. Interesting thing to note: Holes came out before the Even Stevens movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I figure that makes sense. He was he was rather young at the time. The Even Stevens movie was holy at shit. The end he was in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Oh my god, why? <laughs> He was in iRobot. Oh, fuck. He was in iRobot. God damn it. Powerful tech. Um, yeah, okay. Please keep talking before I look at so, other movies Shallow Buff was in. <laughs> yeah, and becomes this fan cast of that. So, uh, the first thing I should say uh, about this movie is that this movie's boring as hell. Yeah, I think we... So, when we watched this movie, I remember we kept looking at the, at the time remaining. I want to say it's... Uh, how, how, what's the running time of this movie again? Uh, let me check. One second. I have to... I want to say it's easily 90 minutes before we get into any big Transformers fights. It was 143 minutes, so very similar to 150 minutes. Okay, so uh, two, two hours and 20 minutes, on, honest to God. Um, we don't get any... We don't get into the big action set pieces, like the 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 big continuing action set pieces, until about ninety minutes into this film. Well, like even beyond that, we don't get to the relevance of the story until ninety minutes into this film. Ah, uh, yeah, the deep Transformers lore. That we I mean, okay, <laughs> let's be honest here. We let's get this out of the way. We know that the franchise existence is two cell toys. You can look that up on the wiki, and it'll say that. You can like, look that what up on the, the wiki or the other wiki. They both have <laughs> either wiki. Pulse. It'll tell you that their purpose is to sell toy. But in this particular case, uh, it's more than just. Would you say it's more than meets the eye? <laughs> it's more than meets the eye in that it's not just that it's a bad plot. It's a bad plot that doesn't do anything until 90 minutes in. Yeah, it's that's the thing, because uh, this came out July 2007. This is meant to be a summer blockbuster. So and it was. <laughs> 
One, yeah, so yeah, so it, it, it was got the really. I, I would like to mention like, it got so, really notably high reviews. It got like best summer movie you haven't seen yet at the uh, 2007 MTV Movie Awards. Uh, it got 20 uh, 2008 MTV Movie Awards. It was voted best movie. It got nominated for three Academy Awards in the achievement of sound really? editing, sound mixing, and visual effects. Uh, but lost. You, to you know, okay, I, I would give it that in his. I would give it that nomination in the same way I give Suicide Squad an Academy Award for, like, Best Makeup. Um, Which it didn't deserve because Star Trek was better, but let's not get into that. Um, okay, so, and okay, so, this was, this was a summer blockbuster. Um, so, the big thing I associate with summer blockbusters is a bad plot, but you get to watch a lot of things explode and be very satisfied by watching those explosions. Here's the thing, though. There wasn't, in the grand scheme of things, all that much of that, even. There really wasn't. There really wasn't. There's a lot of there's there's a lot of and I think uh, I think this is one of the things is that um, the one, one of the things is that uh, executive producer Spielberg said he wanted to make this movie about a boy and his robot. Yeah, right? he's very sp- oh, not a boy and his robot. A boy and his car should be the focus uh, when he yeah, took over and, so and like, started the- like doing working with this uh, when it was it was originally supposed to be a G.I. Joe movie, but then they turned back from that because the Iraq war happening. And so they started figuring out what they wanted to do, and Spielberg is like, oh, a boy and his car should be the focus. And, <laughs> um, sort of, but not exactly. Yeah, holy shit, man. I does, does George Bush appear in this movie or the other movie? Oh, I'm not sure which one. I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's in the second one. That would make sense but to me. We'll, we'll hit on, we'll hit on that in a later episode. Um, um, I, I, uh, it's worth noting also, I suppose, um, uh, as long as we're going over some of the extra information right now, uh, Michael Bay was actually directly asked by Spielberg to film, like, be the director for this. He wasn't just, you know, some rando that decided he would like to. No, no, he was asked by Spielberg, and he didn't want to. <laughs> he thought it was a stupid toy movie. But he wanted to work with Spielberg, get some respect, and then visit Hasbro, and they told him how much money was in it, or possibly he gained respect for the franchise, but more likely they told him how much money was in it. Okay, yeah, yeah, because again, um, to quote to, to quote epic rap battles of history, Michael Bay is about motherfucking money, he make that dollar, y'all. Motherfucking money, he even <laughs> makes Mark Wahlberg make some motherfucking money. Uh, also worth <laughs> noting, actually, yes, um, George uh, W. does show up in the 2007 movie. Um, in, yeah, in 2007, the president flew at Air Force One. During the trip, he ordered Tracy to bring him some ding-dongs. <laughs> Accurate. I forgot, I forgot that that part was in this movie. I added it to the second movie. Good. Um, so, yes. So, so, yes, the, the, uh, I can't remember why the fuck I was d- describing the, the 43rd president of the United States. So, uh, it, it's worth noting Iraq also, War, Iraq War, that's why. It's, it's worth noting that, uh, during this time, even after Michael Bay got decided for this, he kind of thought it was too kiddy for the movie, in his words, by the way. Uh, so he increased the military's role in the story, which is why they're really prevalent, as we'll see in a moment when we talk about the actual plot synopsis. One thing to note, um, when you see the military on screen, these are actual soldiers. For the most these part. Are, there's also- these are, there's, there, there are some actors in there, yes, but when when you see guys shooting guns, they're likely actual soldiers trained by the U.S. government. Which is interesting, and, like, one of the few admirable things I can say about this. Um, you know, that's a, that's a... So, just in the greater Hasbro-verse thing, 
That's the thing that Hasbro actually gets like consistently correct. Yeah, like they bring that's in cool. like soldier they bring in soldiers and veterans in like a lot of their movies. Yeah, it's maybe something, that, fact, something that Hasbro brothers can respect. Maybe in fact all of their movies. Hasbro Hasbro respects the troops. Oh, did they do that in the G.I. Joe ones? I don't know, but maybe. We'll have to, we'll have to look into that. Uh, we'll look into that. We'll check back when we review over the G.I. Joe movies. Um uh, also worth noting, um, so there were mo- there were comic tie-ins for this movie. Uh, there's a different president that shows up in uh, in the comics. <laughs> Good. <laughs> what what is it like? Based on uh, another the, real president, the, or is no, it- no, uh, Theodore Allen, just that president they made up. Is he just an old white guy like most presidents? Yep, great old white guy with great hair. Um, he and given how comics work, his appearance changes radically from comic to comic. <laughs> Um, um so i suppose ahead. it is also worth stating before i completely get out of this with, as long as we're mentioning gi joe related things um with how they did approach the military the writers specifically did actually tap into gi joe anyway for the soldier characters trying not to mix the brands too much but you can kind of see some of that come through yeah now that i know that a gi joe movie was supposed to happen uh the involvement of the military in this makes a lot more sense well that and again that <laughs> michael bay really wanted the militarians yeah, 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 because he thought it was too childish and he wanted to make like go, oh, what happened if alien, what happened if alien robots really landed on Earth? So, uh, let's get into the meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's find what, let's find what is more than meets the eye. Now, uh, all of these movies, all of them, start with a, uh, monologue by Optimus Prime. <laughs> I would like to do the honors if you don't mind. Sure, yeah. I forgot this I forgot this one started with an with a monologue. No, they all do. <laughs> this is not gonna be good, by the way. I'm I'm an awful Optimus Prime, but I'm gonna do it again. Oh yeah, that's nobody's listening to this because <clears throat> it's good. No, everyone's listening to this because it's good. They come to the oh, house yeah, brothers sorry. for like, this direct is the best podcast good of all. Come on, dude. This is the best. Stop, ahead, ha- stop sabotaging us. <clears throat> Before time began, there was the cube. We know not where it comes from, only that it holds the power to create worlds and fill them with life. That is how our race was born. For a time, we lived in harmony. But like all great power, some wanted it for good, others for evil. And so began the war. A war that ravaged our planet until it was consumed by death. And the cube was lost to the far reaches of space. We scattered across the galaxy, hoping to find it and rebuild our home. Searching every star, Every world, and just when all hope seemed lost, message of a new discovery drew us to an unknown planet called Earth. But we were already too late. So, one thing he calls it he, he does he just call it the cube? He doesn't call it the Allspark. Uh huh. Holy shit! I forgot that. I thought it, I thought it was always called the Allspark in this movie. Uh, the thing I'm reading off of is an actual transcript of the things mentioned in the movie. So, yes, this, yeah, is, no, not, this is not the screenplay. A... This is definitively what he said. Yeah, we found, we, by the way, we found the script for this film. Or oh, yeah. By, no, we, I mean, by we, I mean Max. There's a few places it's out there. So, worth noting, the credits rolled, and this was like footage of space and other things as it was coming in. Um, so, after that uh, delightful uh, monologue, we cut right to the middle of Qatar in the Middle East. <laughs> present day yeah 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 with a rousing with a rousing bit of banter between a bunch of soldiers 
Uh, yeah, talking about, uh, you know, old, old-fashioned, uh, homemade done cooking and moderate racism, you know, standard. Yeah, um, like soldiers. Uh, yeah. Has, Hasbro, Hasbro respects the troops. <laughs> um, shortly after, though, we get into the idea that there is, a uh, unidentified aircraft coming in at this U.S. military base, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do a lot of, like, yelling about it and just being like, what's up here? Uh, and... It, it mentions that, like, oh, this aircraft is marked as being a thing we somewhat recognize. Oh, but it's a thing that we was shot down months ago, apparently. Ah, uh, uh, yes. You now, can say that aircraft is more than meets the eye. Using a bit of deception, if you will. It's a bit of an automatic robot. It, no, it's a bit of a deception, you know, using con. Um, oh, yeah, 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 true, true. Uh, it's, a, it's a deceiver, this robot. <laughs> <laughs> so um before it gets to the actual results of this it is worth noting we are introduced to one of our uh recurring characters through not just this not just this movie but also the series uh which is captain lennox ah uh, yeah yeah moderately um, handsome soldier boy your positive face I'm, for the military for for the most part i imagine we're going to refer to him as just the soldier we will we will forget lennox's name do not expect us to remember <laughs> I do now that you say Lennox, I do remember that he's called Lennox. Only while we said this though, by by next one you'll forget. Um anyway, we have a, a talk of him calling back to his family, so we have an emotional establishment, no one else we care about yet. Anyway, don't worry too much about that though, because this uh helicopter's coming in fast, and then uh it makes electric screeches and speaks in alien language and then unfolds and shoots a lot of people. Doesn't it, doesn't one of the radio messages it, it puts across is wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Probably. Sorry, I'm trying to make the Transformers <laughs> transforming. Yeah, 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 that's the one. But I'm trying to make the Transformers transforming noise with my mouth, and it's not a sound made for human mouths. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, no, you got in one with, the, with, that, with that sound from Down With The Sickness. <laughs> Um, so, we see a bunch of this happening, we see a giant scorpion pour out of this fucking, uh, robot helicopter. Uh, scorpion's also a giant robot. Uh, a lot of people die, a lot of people get shot, and then smash yeah, no, this cut. Is our, this is our first instance of a, um, I didn't realize this Transformer had a name, but this is Scorpionock of Beast Wars fame. <laughs> when At least the, that's how uh, it was marketed in the toy line. No, you'd be correct. Also, the, uh, the, uh... Blackhawk here is uh, Blackout. Uh, but then after a bunch of soldiers get fucking murked and their bullets do nothing, we smash cut to a shitty high school classroom. And we meet our main protagonist, Sam Witwicky. <laughs> what are, ah, what? Yes, portrayed by the portrayed by the ever famous Shia LaBeouf, a just, friend he, of Jaden Smith. Yeah, he just did it. Um... So, uh, he comes in for, uh, introducing his class project about a, uh, man named Captain Archibald Witwicky, which is somewhat important, uh, which was his, uh, great-grandfather, famous explorer, explored the Arctic Circle in the first time, um, went to the Arctic Shelf, barely survived it, brought a lot of shit out of there, um, anyway, Sam, being a man of taste, is, uh, as he's doing this, uh, historical uh, presentation comes up to his classroom and after giving over the base information 
is, okay, so, uh, who will give me $80 for the sex he used? And then he just starts trying to pawn off all of his grandfather's stuff because it's the only thing that can make him money. Because this dude does not care about shit except having a cool car for the summer. Hey. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's one of the things. Yeah, his he he made a deal with his dad. I think that if he had enough money, he could get a cool car. Yeah, he so needed. He, was, he needed a certain level of funds, and then his dad would pay the rest. Yeah, and and so this is where we get introduced to the MacGuffin of the film. Because he shows off his his uh, great grandfather's glasses that have this like they're, they're cracked and have this weird pattern in them that's like nobody understands. Yep, they have they have this weird artifact in them. I don't know. Um, but his grandfather went crazy after exploring yeah, uh, the after exploring the Arctic Circle. Verbatim. Uh, unfortunately, my great great grandfather, which he said great grandfather earlier, I just want to point that out. Uh, the genius that he was wound up going blind and crazy in a psycho ward, drawing these strange symbols and babbling on about some uh, giant man that he thought he'd discovered. Yeah, that's never going to come back. Um, oh, yeah. And additionally, also, um, that uh, he browbeats his teacher into giving him an A on this assignment, despite, you know, just using it to pawn money because uh, he needs to get two A's in school and have $2,000 to make his dad give him the car. I remember that. I also remember that his teacher is more famously known as the plastic surgeon from House. Oh. That's the that's that's the role I recognize him from now watching this movie uh, <laughs> 10 years later. Um but yeah, it's it's worth noting that this is the character that Sam Witwicky is, right? That we're already supposed to be like sympathizing with him because he's an everyman, but at the same time he's he's browbeating his teacher with the guilt trips for his dad getting him a car. Uh, anyway, so he meets yeah, up with Sam, his... Sam, Sam Witwicky is, um, to, to supplant a thing that we're going to, I don't know, I'm probably going to mention a lot from, uh, from the channel Folding Ideas. Sam Witwicky is the archetypal white male. Um, maybe, maybe worse, I don't know, maybe, maybe equivalent, maybe all white men are just this bad, I have no idea. I mean, anyway, that's that's like, my that's my two cents to throw in right here. He is notably worse than many protagonists, even if he is like the culmination of them. He's the peak, which is not to like it's not to say necessarily that he's the worst one because he's not strictly that he's worse than many. But he is uh, sort of the most like this is what it is, right? Like it's the most clearly that trope exemplified. Uh, either way, we'll get back to that when it's particularly vital. But this is just to, like, kind of establish, because really, that's about most of the character we get out of him in this movie. He's a teenage boy, and therefore he wants a car, and won't stop anything to do it, and wants to bang a hot girl. I think that's his character? Is there anything else? Yeah, no, that's that's pretty much his character. Aside from a couple opportunities he's given... In the course of the film, to make himself a hero through very little effort, that's that's what I could say about him. Um, also, he just ends up with both of those, just kind of as a result of oh, like yeah, yeah. through through very little action of his own, if any. Yo, what are you talking about? He browbeat his teacher into giving him an A and sold off his great great grandfather's historical implements to get money. He didn't even sell it. He didn't even sell it. He has it. He has it for the rest of the movie. He fails to sell these things. He just I mean, browbeats his teacher into giving him an right, A. But I, and he had enough money to remember, do the Remember, though, thing. he's also selling things on eBay, so he probably sold some there. He probably sold some of it before the movie happened. That's correct. 
Uh, it's a good thing he didn't sell the glasses, though, because otherwise we would never move. <laughs> so, um, to get things moving along, which, by the way, if it sounds like we're going at glacial pace, this movie, this is, like, already, like, ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. As we had said, as we had said before, this is a two-hour and twenty-minute movie. It takes ninety minutes for the plot to do anything. Um... So after this, his dad is like, oh, great, you, you did the thing, but not really, I guess, since he didn't sell all the stuff. So it's uh, mm. either way. He might have had enough money before he maybe he was trying to put less burden on his dad. I, he definitely wasn't. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we don't know how much money his he had dad. before. We don't know how much money he had when he was trying to sell his grandfather's shit. No, sure. He might be wanting to get more money, but there's no way he wants to put less burden on his dad. <laughs> That's okay, not yes, he about. is, he, he, yeah, okay, that's, that's fair. Um, but so he, uh, his dad takes him to a used car lot, uh, which I believe No, no, is okay, wrong. worth, worth noting, he, right. his dad drives him through a fucking, a fucking dealership that only deals in Corvettes. And then all it sells. one because And as he drives like, through, fuck. And I, I gotta say. I gotta say, as much of a fucking awful thing as this is, I do love this line. I I, I do love the, the the line that comes up in this, where it's like, "Oh man, you gotta be kidding!" And his dad's like, <laughs> "Yeah," and just like drives through and goes. To <laughs> like, the yeah, other that car. line's good, but his dad's such already a hateable character that it like that doesn't do any favors for. Him. He only gets worse as the series goes oh, on. He really does. Um. Anyway, so they go to the used car lot, which is run by Bernie Mac. Um, fuck, I forgot he was in this. <laughs> I forgot Bernie Mac was alive at some point during this film series. Uh, and they look at a couple cars. Um, Doesn't which, he play like a Caribbean character as well? Like a really stereotypical Caribbean accent? Something like that. Yeah. That's all I remember about the character. Yeah, it's definitely not just regular. Like it's definitely some sort of uh, Atlantic Island culture. Mm hmm. So, uh, I believe we saw a little bit earlier, not specifically right here, uh, a new car drive into the lot. When I say new, I don't mean brand new. I mean just a car that wasn't Right, it was following before. them. It followed them and drove into the lot. and was it, it parked next to a. Them? I'm pretty sure. It, I think it followed them and drove into the lot and parked next to a Volkswagen. Fair enough. Anyway, they look through some of the cars. They're shit. They're bad. It's making fun of used cars because, haha, who would buy a used car for their kid? Who's You're only buying somebody else's problems when you buy a used car. Is that? Are you saying that as your own experience or something else? No, that's a that's a line from another movie. Oh, okay. uh, I'll leave it to you to guess which. Transformers Two. Revenge. Yeah, yeah, you got you got it in one. That's the Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> nice. The Revenge of the Fallen was the used car. Um. So they. Spoilers, uh, Jesus. <laughs> sorry, we'll get to that next time. Um, so they look over the cars, a uh, bunch of garbage shit, because, you know, again, whatever could have used car, that's stupid. But then they find one that, um, is a little beat up, a little tacky, but then they look under it, it's like, it's got ridiculous quality engine in there for some fucking reason. Yeah, weird. Um. Who'd have thunk? Which, well, like, we, we know it's Bumblebee, right? And it has, like, an Autobot symbol on the wheel where the... Well, they get, they get in the Volkswagen. And then, um, but then, yeah, Sam Witwicky spots this, like, kick-ass Camaro. Yeah, this kick-ass beat-up Camaro. 
And then, yeah, that, it's, it's, yeah. it's way too good. It has the Autobot symbol in place of the brand. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's the, the thing is he gets he gets in the driver's seat and then he sees that it's got the Autobot symbol on the wheel. And he like wipes which, it off, but like it doesn't mean shit to him. So he just. Yeah, no, it's it. only supposed to mean stuff to us fucking rabid fans of Transformers. Yeah, us, us the, the yeah, yeah, you know, us, the fan cast. Yeah, us specifically. Yeah, very uh, just us. Uh, I understand the rest of you missing it, but don't worry, we're here for you. That's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah, so he, what is it? Um, I think his his dad's like, we're not. I'm not getting a Camaro, like, or no, it's it's Bernie Mac says like this isn't this 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 car is worth more or something like that. Bernie Bernie Mac tries to get them to pay a lot more for the car, and then the car starts the the car beats beats the shit out of this Volkswagen Beetle. And then and makes a really loud a bunch noise. Of other cars with the like huge horn honk. Yeah, it makes a horn honk that blows out all of the windows. And then the and then Bernie Mac's like, ah, you can you can have it for less money or you something. You can have it for the money you originally wanted to pay for it. Yeah. So yeah, through uh, through no action of his own, Shia LaBeouf gets out of the dealership with a kick-ass Camaro. So now it's worth it's worth noting that the Witwicky and obviously do these like other things we've mentioned as symbols and like is relevant to this. But at this point, we barely know what, and it's strange that they know much either. Especially since it's like, it's it sounds from the description of it, how the Autobots got to Earth looking for this spark, and they're like, already here on the track of this. Yeah, especially since, especially since in the monologue, Optimus just says, we are in pursuit of the cube. And also that we're too late, and like, clearly nothing else has gotten here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I still forgot that this movie started with a monologue. All of them do. Um, which the like, other ones make sense. Like, I know. This one, yeah. Uh, anyway, we meet a bunch of people that are like weird security analysts that get brought in, but they like never come up elsewise in the series and don't matter, so let's ignore them. Like two random dudes that are like kind of nerdy and chubby and one hot girl. Yeah, we do end up meeting some nerdy dudes that are important to the plot later on, but uh, that's, that's not in this film. So we're cutting with Sam currently, and he's like, oh man, I'm gonna pick up girls in my bitchin' Camaro. But then he first checks his eBay page where he's selling his dad's, his, excuse me, great-grandfather's glasses that definitely belong to him. His um, great or great-great-grandfather's glasses, depending on where we are in the script. And is pissed about there being zero bids. He also calls it just his grandfather at another point in time, so you know. He meets up with his shitty friend um, that he had very briefly in the classroom. Um... Right, they go to a party, right? No, they go to, like, a lakeside. Yeah, but there's a party at the lake where he's gonna take his bitchin' Camaro and I pick up I don't know chips. if it's specifically a party, there's just people there. Oh, and we learn about, like, his neurotic mother and the awful, like, parent his dad is. Yeah, and get like, ready what? to experience these characters for most of the films in this series. The, uh, she's, like, doddering, but nothing about actually paying attention to her son's issues take, and just like taking take care the, of her house okay so so boil down the essence of mom and boil down the essence of minnesota and put them together and that's her character but then make it completely like not family dedicated mother make it that very like i can't take, take any of this i'm gonna take care of the garden i'm gonna dress up the dog in jewelry like yeah that. she's the she's she's the essence of the mom from that 70s show <laughs> basically oh man that's very good she even sounds like her she might even be played by the same actress no it's not the mom that 70 show is way older okay they they sure yeah okay they they look very similar uh 
the dad is similar to Red also in that he's doing the whole like, oh, you gotta grow up and learn responsibility, and I'm not gonna call. Yeah, he's you. a he's a he's a fucking hard ass dad who like, but like he's believes. comically hard ass, but they don't use it for comedy. Yeah, he's supposed to be like a real believable character or whatever fits along in that in this in this film in this franchise. Um. Anyway, um, they make fun of how bad the Camaro looks. <laughs> uh, they go to, uh, they go get ready to go to this party. Uh, not exactly party at the beach, uh, lakefront. Um, anyway, we cut back. Oh yeah, to and his, uh, doesn't his friend say like he can do like a backflip or something? Like, oh yeah, no, there, he just we just randomly goes trying to climb a tree. Yeah, because it's oh no, we're not here for the for the party. We're here to climb this tree, <laughs> and the friend just does it because he's a fuck. <laughs> Which, like, the friend, by the way, stops mattering after that point. Um, yeah, I honestly forgot this character was in this movie. Yeah, because he's so minor, but he is the source of who says bros before hoes when uh, the douchebag at the party says mean things about Shia LaBeouf and threatens his car and is like, yeah, whatever, I'm cool, and leaves and is like, hey, Megan Fox, hot girl, come with me. And she's like, no, you're, you're, you're a douchebag, I'm gonna go with the main character. <laughs> Right, yeah, and then she, like, and, yeah, and then she gets in the car, and it's only a two-seater, so Shia LaBeouf's like, hey, uh, leave, I need to, I need to fuck this lady. Yeah, and that's when the dude's like, oh, dude, bros before hoes, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I need to be with the Megan Fox. Yeah, and that's I where I need this, to be with this ass like, with legs. That's where, that's where friend becomes sir not appearing in this film. <laughs> Basically. Anyway, Michaela's who is Megan Fox's character is like, oh, let me drive. I'm good at the driving. And it's like, uh, yeah, my dad was a cool mechanic and I learned lots. And Bumblebee, yep. by the way, if you haven't realized that's the Camaro, <gasps> uh, is, uh, starts playing songs via the radio at inopportune times. Yeah, it's all a lot of, uh, it's like sexual healing and other songs that have, who's gonna um, drive you very- home tonight. Yeah, so- songs that songs that are not very subtle in th- the meaning that is coming across. Uh, anyway, kind of kind of drives out to the wilderness while she's talking about like that she she likes muscle boys, and then the car kicks out. Right, and then I forgot that's the part where Shia LaBeouf's like, "Oh yeah, well I made some changes here," and like keeps like doing stupid flexing shit. Yeah, it's real dumb. Um, but so uh. Anyway, um, since the car keeps doing things he's not looking to do, um, and he's fucking up this talking to a girl, uh, she gets out and like, hey, pop the hood, I can fix your car, and then it does, and then she checks in and is like, oh, wow, this is a fancy car, nice headers, you got a high-rise double-pump carburetor. Yes, uh, Which, uh, editor's note, this car does not have that. But it's worth noting, she's looking at the engine of this car, right? This is not a car. <laughs> This is, this is, in fact, a robot. This is definitely a robot. And even if it was, like, even if we take the argument of, oh, well, you know, it's it's a robot that disguised itself as a car. Why did it disguise, how did it get the nice engine? It disguised itself as a trash car. Like, there's no guess, explanation for this. <laughs> yeah, no, apparently it, uh, it scanned a very, a very nice car that looked bad. <laughs> it's like that, um, fuck, do you? Do you remember Saturday Night Live from the 90s? No. There was this commercial for I was too for young this... for Saturday Night Live in the 90s. So there was there was this commercial for a car called the Chameleon, which was this car 
that um, was a luxury car inside, but on the outside it was like it was this really shitty car with the idea being that it was a very nice car that nobody would steal. Incredible. Anyway, um, go ahead. So now is also when we get the very important line when they talk about this flirting and how she's like, oh, I just get attracted to all these ripped dudes, but I'm really good at cars and I like people with heart. Anyway, uh, do you think I'm shallow? I think you're... No, 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 no. I think there's a lot more than meets the eye with you. I, uh, shit, man, they dropped the line that early? Yes, they do. Well, you say that early, but once again, I'd like to point out, this is like 30 minutes or more into this film. Yeah, we're we're going, we're in act six right now, according to the script. Also, how well, many acts every act time the scene changes? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so we're, we're pretty deep into the script right now. Yep. We're on the, we're in the 10th, we're in the 10th page. Most scripts are 70 pages. <laughs> So, uh, we get to see, uh, Air Force One, um, after these analysts are talking about security. God, you know, I remember that was one of the things was, um, fuck, man. We're watching this movie, and this scene comes up where you see, uh, you, you see the president of the USA, but you don't actually see him. He's also, also in the, in the movie, he's cast as president of the USA. And it's just, yeah, can you wrangle me up some ding-dongs, darling? And I... I looked over to Max and said, man, do you remember George W. Bush? Because <laughs> I forgot when this movie happened. I think I just cracked up laughing at that point rather than answering. An interesting thing to note that this is the only Transformers movie that has happened so far where the president has been mentioned. Um, not by name, just like somebody did an impression and we saw some socks. <laughs> anyway, uh, we see Air Force One, then there's a tiny... Much smaller than usual uh, Transformer, that uh, Decepticon specifically, uh, that is currently in the shape of a CD player boombox sort of look to it. Yeah, this is one of the Transformer designs I like because yeah, it no, turns into Frenzy's like this cool. like crazy like two dimensional. No, 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 he's not like... two dimensional. No, don't don't talk about that one. That one's in the second one, the Bugbot. Shit, right. This is just the like short one that has Shuriken. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right, this is Frenzy, and we kept thinking this was Soundwave. Well, I mean, he was a fuck. He was, he was a boombox. He was a boombox, yeah. Like, sound. You can't blame me for that one. Yeah, no, we can't. I, I, I won't blame you for thinking the robot that is a boombox is the other robot that is a boombox. <laughs> and they never, say, they never say like his later name movies. Noting. Like, they never say it. They never, yeah, no, they never say it. In fact, I don't think Frenzy even speaks English, just does... Cybertron. Just does beeps and boops, and yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, and does the cyber... I, I can't remember, did we get the subtitles? Yeah, it does the thing where it shows, like, the Transformer runes and then translates them into English for us. Yeah, this the ancient Cybertronian, the language of the primes, as we learn in the second film. Um... Anyway, he he hacks into the uh, Air Force One network, which hacks into the military network, and they uh, cut the servers after he scans enough stuff to find out like information about Witwicky from like deep military stuff. Apparently, yeah, they literally, yeah, they apparently they, the military yeah, they, files on Witwicky. Yeah, they've they've got a special code. They've got a special project name for it, right? Yeah, I don't remember. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> Anyway, we cut back to we cut back to Sam who sees his car driving away. Uh, yeah. So let's let's try and speed this up a little bit because we've taken a while with these. But like a lot of this was setting up our characters and things how they play out. And worth noting, when we're skip when I'm saying let's speed this up, it's not because we're leaving stuff out. 
there's nothing to leave out. <laughs> there's nothing to leave out. Um, Scorpinox shows up. Scorpinox shows up later. He shows up later. Um, yeah. No, oh, right, yeah. What, they what need happens a, right there's here a, is... There's, a, there's this long-ass part... Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, he, he follows after his car as it leaves, right? Um, and then, like, it, it just goes off to, like, a drives junkyard. off to, the, to find some plot. <laughs> yeah, it finds a junkyard... He follows it to a junkyard and sees it unfolds into a giant robot that... Uh, is sending a signal to space. Um, yeah. And then, like, uh, he accidentally, uh, what is it, he calls 911 about it and flips his yeah, shit. Yeah, because he thinks I'm stealing his car because his car just drives off. This is also the first instance of Shia LaBeouf's famous no, 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 no! <laughs> Which, uh, you can find a supercut of every time Shia LaBeouf says no, 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 in a movie. Fun fact. Um, we'll, link it in, we'll link it in the show notes. So anyway, the cops come and find him when he was, like, realizing his car was a robot after it wasn't stolen, and then, like, the dude just, like, keeps asking, is he on drugs? Uh, and very notably says the line, you eyeballing my piece, 50 cent, you wanna go? Make something happen, do it, cause I promise you, I will bust you up. Who says this? The cop that picks him up. Holy shit, I, somehow I missed that that happened. It's meant to be a joke. <laughs> it's not a very good joke. Man, you remember the Audis? Yeah, <laughs> joking about cops shooting people—that's good. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a funny joke because it never happens. Yeah, yeah. Why would it be? Um, Scorpionox um, still attacking the Middle East. <laughs> yeah. Then it. we get this. Then we get this. Then we get this hilarious sequence that definitely needed to be eleven minutes long, where they have to get a calling card to make a call to the Pentagon. <laughs> yep. Uh, and eventually they they shoot shoot Scorpionox a lot. They shoot, yeah, they, they call in an airstrike over the phone by calling the Pentagon. Um, somebody who, somebody who understands the military, please tell us if that's a thing that happens. So, security team talks about Project Iceman, which had something to do with Witwicky, and it's really deep undercover secrets, and they're going to bring them in on being this more informed. Right, thing. this is what, this is what the Decepticons were trying to hack, Project Iceman, which, uh, yeah, definitely, those names... Fuck, that's, fuck, that's what the project was called? God damn it. Yep. All right, uh, go Sam, ahead. So Sam uh, gets ready to go back home because his dad picked him up from the cop who threatened to shoot him. Um, he's uh, heading home, and then while he's heading home, um, he just kind of bumps into uh, Michaela on the way, and is like, uh, she's all like, oh, hey, it was a nice time the other time. We should hang out more. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with some shit, though. And he, She's like, oh, man, you're a white you're a white man between the ages of 15 and 20. I want to fuck you. I want to come with you. And it's like, okay, cool. And then, like, he gets scared because he's being followed by the cops suddenly out of nowhere. Which, uh, what is what is the sign on the this one? It's not to, uh, instead of protect and serve, I want to say it's to punish and enslave. You are correct. Um, it shows on him to punish and enslave as the marks on him. I and I, I there's a lot of things about this movie I hate, but I love that that's the thing that says on his on his yeah, fucking bumper. And no one notices it. Um. Anyway, so uh, also he has like a holographic mustached cop as the driver. It's great. <laughs> I forgot uh, that part. Anyway, I forgot that there's a cop in the driver's seat. So. It kind of skipped. We kind of skipped over this, but they they compared the Cybertronian symbols and looked up things about Witwicky and found Sam Witwicky and found the eBay article about the glasses. The, yeah, they find out he's like Lady Man. And, and they man zoom in on the glasses, and apparently the resolution is good enough on the computer to notice that there are Cybertronian runes on those glasses. But not good enough that they can figure out exactly what they need to know from the glasses. 
so uh they cut uh so anyway this cop car follows him and then eventually like when it gets into like a secret area and he's like what no please don't do anything to me it unfolds into a giant robot named barricade that they still don't they name like way later um do they like, ever name are you I don't think I ever... give us the glasses blah, 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 blah. <laughs> i does it does it even say are you sam whitwick he doesn't say are you ladies man 69 that's it you're completely correct he calls him by his eBay username because they found him out through his fucking eBay profile. Um, ladies man 217. I wish it was 69. Where is eBay, yeah, ladies eBay man, item 21153? Yeah. Uh, where are the glasses? They chase after him. Michaela bumps into him again and like while he's running and she's like, hey, why are you being a bitch? And he's like, no, please just keep going. Uh, and they run. They get chased. Uh... His car comes in, the Bumblebee one, they get into it, they drive away, uh, Bumblebee plays pretty handsome awkward, and they drive, uh, and they get out of there, um, and they get chased by Barricade, and inside of Barricade is Frenzy, and they're just, like, making a lot of noise, they chase him down, there's a point where- Right, this is where they go to the, they go to the junkyard again, right, and then Bumblebee gets in a fight with Barricade? Yeah, exactly, Barricade, like, grabs him, and Bumblebee transforms out, ejecting those two out to the side- yeah, um, and so Sam, so Witwicky and Megan Fox, what what the fuck's her name? What the fuck's her name? Michaela. Michaela. Me, Megan, yeah, so so Witwicky and Michaela get in an epic battle with Frenzy, who, by the way, like, remember First earlier scene. in the movie, fucking just instantly killed, like, three ser- Secret Service yeah, guys. Yeah, on, on, on Air Force One, just uses Super Shuriken and just, like, killed... Just, yeah, uh, has, has, has a fucking epic duel with Witwicky and Michaela. Who just kick his ass. Yeah, I think she like what is it? She smashes him to pieces with like a rock or something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, after... Notable, notable is that even though Witwicky is the one who in danger, he does nothing. He he kind of like struggles to do something, and Michaela saves the day. Yep, which is the one time I think she does something like that in this movie. Other than like she does, she does a lot of useful stuff in this movie. Um, I, we'll we'll talk about in Transformers two the concept of cinema narrative dissonance. Yeah, there's there's which a surrounds there's a Megan Fox. Later. Uh, either way, uh, speeding up once again. Uh, head comes off. Uh, they're all like, "Oh, what's up?" And then they try and talk with Bumblebee during this time while they're trying to talk with Bumblebee. Frenzy, just the head, is still alive. Copies her phone that she dropped. That's bedazzled up to hell and turns into a transformer of her phone instead. Um, Shit, I forgot that happened. Yeah, it's, it's pretty relevant. Uh, anyway, Bumblebee can damage his voice, apparently, and so he's bringing everything via XM satellite radio and digital cab- uh, cable and Columbia Broadcasting System. So he talks in quotes from all sorts of bullshit rather than from talking. from famous from famous media. And this is a this is a joke that will come and go throughout the series, despite how Bumblebee Just say go. It doesn't back. go. <laughs> Huh? It doesn't go. It just comes all over here. It comes and it comes again. Yeah. And it won't stop coming and it won't stop coming and it won't stop coming. Fuck. Um, anyway, uh, he talks about being people from space, angels that will rain down visitors from heaven. Hallelujah. Because he's copying Evangel- Evangel stations. Anyway, they try and talk to him. Um, and it's like, oh, but there's stuff happening. And uh, he gets in the car and there's like... The car tries to help him uh, cuddle up with Megan Fox. And it's like, oh, but if he's a super advanced robot, why does he look like a piece of crap Camaro? And Bumblebee gets pissed and kicks him out. And then all of a sudden, Bumblebee does like this sick stunt in a tunnel and goes like sideways and uses this undercarriage scanner to scan a better Camaro and come back sick as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, one thing to note is uh, 
remember this movie's designed to sell toys. We're not going to talk about the toys that much because there's 80 fucking toys associated with this one movie. Um, but this, uh, yeah, by having Bumblebee be multiple vehicles, they can sell more toys. There um, you go. Also, that way GM gets a shout out. So then we get a sequence of a bunch of different, like, Transformers, which are kind of, like, just kind of gray, generic robots coming up to various cars, scanning them and becoming them, uh, and then driving And over. this is where we get introduced to the rest of the heroes of our film, right? Yeah, we meet Optimus, we meet Ratchet, Jazz, and Ironsides, is it... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iron, Iron yeah, you know, all, all your, all your, all your favorites. Um, anyway, they talk to them. Bumblebee got his vocal processors, can't fix him right away. Uh, they ask Optimus Prime. Yeah, Ratchet, like, Prime shoots him in the, the throat or something and, like, something tries like that, to yeah. fix it. Uh, Optimus Prime takes command, because he's Optimus Prime, and talks about, hey, uh, we're looking for the AllSpark, not calling the cube now. Uh, must find it for Megatron. They're like, what? What's a Megatron? And Megatron destroyed their world. Oh, wow, weird. Um, yeah, Mega, yeah, there was a big war in Cybertron that blew up Cybertron. Uh, anyway, uh, and then saying that, uh, the AllSpark was lost to the stars, Megatron followed it to Earth, where Captain Witwicky found him. I, I don't know how they know that, but they do. Is this where we get the flashback where we show, like, wit- this is why there's the symbol on Witwicky's glasses? Uh, I believe so, yes. We get there's, the like, there's a flashback. Like, like, like he ended up like, in an ice yeah. cave that had a giant frozen Megatron and stared at Megatron and it beamed something into his eye and like it put it in his brain and also marked on the glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is uh yeah. Uh so we have a we have a historical precedence for Witwicky for for the for the Witwicky clan to be important to the Transformers. Um so, first thing noted here is that uh, they, for whatever reason, know about Witwicky, but they don't explain why or how, and it doesn't really make any sense, and he asks how you know about the glasses, and they just say eBay. Um, everybody knows about it through eBay. Yeah, everyone knows about it through eBay. Um, so, uh, back to the soldiers very briefly, they just kind of point out that, like, hey, uh, if you use Sabo rounds, the ones that fucking burn magnesium heat to melt tank armor, that's the one thing that works on these things. Um, turns out these turns out these very large robots they're kind of like tanks yeah weird um and so for the rest of this movie i think every time we see soldiers they got the grenade launchers with the white phosphorus rounds um so uh interesting note they don't ever use those guns again there's a lot of like stupid drama about like trying to figure out how to hide these robots at his house for no particular reason while he gets the glasses i'm gonna get the uh, glasses yeah, I'm there. Yeah, there's this like 20 minute sequence where like the robots, there's like, oh, you need to hide and they like hide in the garden. And oh, and then like while he's looking and... for the glasses in his room because he's not sure where he put them, uh, Megan Fox is in there with him. And then his parents hear him rumbling around. It's like, what could you be doing at this time of night? And then they see there's a hot girl yeah. in his room. It's like, oh, don't have too much fun banging her all night. Well, there's also leave. there's also that whole sequence back and forth where his mom like, are you masturbating? It's OK. Yeah. We can call it your you can call it your happy time, your special alone time. <laughs> um. Anyway, then, like, after they are about to get ready to do things, the military shows up. Um, yeah, because all these fucking giant robots showed up, and also we figured out that the Witwick and we, we figured that the Witwickies are important. Uh, so, yeah, the military try and talk to him, and they just try and run. Um, and then, um, while trying to, uh, they eventually kind of get briefly caught, but then, you know, get threatened by uh, Bumblebee. <laughs> Uh, and it's like, hey, come, come to us at our special not area fifty one. Yeah, that's this. Oh, this is where we get introduced to, to Sector Seven. Yeah, the Sector Seven agent. 
Yeah, Sector 7, which is hidden in Hoover Dam, right? Uh, yeah. And so under Hoover Dam is uh, where they have been making technology based on uh, Transformers technology. And if it sounds like a sudden skip again, it's because it is. Nothing's been happening up to this point. I can describe the rest of this movie that we've been doing because we're we're interested in painting how bad a lot of this is. This is also where we get this. Also, we get introduced to Simmons, who is a recurring and lovable character. Best best character of the franchise. Um, But like. Pointing out that that's a lie, though. It's not the best character of the franchise. It's Hound's the best character of the franchise. Uh, but we're, ni- we're 90 minutes in or so at this point. And, like, we spent everything up to this point, which is just kid gets shitty car that turns out to be robot. Robot needs him because he's a, his uh, great-grandfather had a secret about a super object. That's it. That's all that's happened. Yeah, and now we're actually getting into, like, the plot. Like, we could have done this in 20 minutes. We took 90. Yeah, well, you gotta you gotta fill two you gotta fill two hours and twenty minutes somehow. And like this movie didn't this movie didn't have a budget to have the robots fight for that long. Shia LaBeouf didn't do anything either up to this point, other than like have glasses and narrowly avoid dying. Yeah, and occasionally there was I mean there there was there was that part where the the CGI robots said like oh the human wants to mate with the female. <laughs> I can sense his pheromones are all ready for banging. Um. His sperm count is very high. Oh, yeah. He's a healthy like, male of breeding age. And there's, like, the point where they have Bumblebee pee on a person be- for whatever reason. It's not pee because Fuck, he's a robot, for- but he does it anyway. God, I forgot. Yeah, he, jumped, he dumps cooling all over somebody. Uh, anyway, they do capture Bumblebee when they're taking him in and freeze it. Freeze Bumblebee, which they'll bring up later. Um, but then Optimus Prime is like, hey, no, we'll just hang back and not do anything because of the fact that, like, we don't want to kill humans. Right, yeah, they start freezing Bumblebee, and that's where they get taken off to this giant frozen statue of Megatron. Yeah, so under Hoover Dam is a giant frozen statue of Megatron, and also this massive fucking cube. Like, when I say massive, I mean, like, you know, multiple building sized. I mean, I mean, like, it's the size of the Hoover Dam. <laughs> Basically. Um, that is a source this of This is also where we learn that this cube is, this, the, the cube provides all of the energy that Hoover Dam gives, I think. Yep, Hoover Dam doesn't do shit. Also, though, you can use the energy to, like, combine it with any already existing technology on Earth and turn it into a tiny transformer that's super murderous and crazy. Yeah, they they shave off a section of the cube and they put it in like uh they put it in like a box with a cell phone and the cell phone like grows a bunch of guns. And like starts going fucking crazy in there. Um, yeah. So anyway, um yeah, Me- uh Megatron's been frozen here because apparently freezing transformers works on them. And apparently this is rather important. All technology past like the 1900s are based on Transformers. I also like that like they freeze Megatron, but they don't like build like a special freezing unit for him. He's just like kind of sitting out in the open, just kind of waiting to be unfrozen. Yeah, basically. Uh, but like there's, uh, you know, microchips, phones, the Internet, cars. Those are all based on Transformers, which apparently is the reason why they're supposed to be compatible. <laughs> Wait, is it cars? I'm pretty sure cars. <laughs> Wait, does that mean the Transformers are the progenitors of cars? I mean, maybe they didn't specifically say cars, but, like, it's implied. <laughs> go, 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 I'm just losing my mind. <laughs> Man, I really want to fuck this thing based off of me. Um, anyway, they're just getting shown off all this and basically, like, you've met with alien robots, so that's important. 
oh, we want to know what they want. And it's just a lot of waffling about and not getting anything done. Where the only reason that plot actually happens is that Frenzy has a tiny phone, crawls out of the pocket because they didn't confiscate her phone for some reason. And he goes yeah. and like, starts unfreezing Megatron. I also like that when they show the cube, for some reason, it's on one of its corners. Yeah. Instead of on a face, like you would store a cube. I mean, I uh, guess if they wanted to, like, analyze all sides of it, you couldn't do it if it was on a face. I guess? Listen, it's not a good reason, it's just a reason. Uh, anyway, there's a lot of waffling about again, and then, like, it's basically like, oh, Frenzy contacts the other, uh the other Decepticons who come uh, to come and get this shit and he starts wrecking the shit out of Sector 7. Sector 7 um, uh, get like agrees to work with the Autobots to help deal with this threat and also gets the help of the military over that were in Qatar who had dealt with Transformers before. Uh, specifically just Scorponok. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they, they definitely had a time with one Transformer. Imagine six... Yep, and then we and then we get to a fight, uh, which is like just them. They take the cube. I is it Bumblebee or Optimus? I think it's Bumblebee that goes. To the Optimus, right? uh, opt no, because Bumblebee's frozen. Optimus touches the cube and it turns into a much smaller. Cube. Yeah, he just shrinks it, and everyone's like, "What the fuck's happening?" It's like, "Oh, it's just the same as a Transformer, idiots." Uh, <laughs> and it shrinks, uh, and then he takes it, and they're like, "Okay, well, so we're gonna try and destroy all the bad." bad Decepticons here, and then if that doesn't work, worst case emergency, I'm gonna take this Allspark, shove it into my chest, it's gonna liquefy the spark in there, and we're both gonna die. It's gonna die. And Actually, doesn't gone. he doesn't he hand it to Shia LaBeouf, and he says, if if uh, if I fall in battle, you must shove the Allspark You're in right, chest. You're right, he does give destroys. it to Shia LaBeouf for some reason. You have that pockets? <laughs> Shia LaBeouf doesn't have pockets for the size of the Allspark still, it's still like an armful. Shia LaBeouf doesn't have integrated weapons that are in his arms. Yes, which is why he shouldn't carry it. No, because every arm that an Autobot uses to hold the Allspark is an arm it's not using to shoot you a gun. You don't need an arm, just put it in a, like, a space. They have tons of space in there. They don't have lots of spaces. They got a lot of, they got a lot of jangly bits. Oh my god. Anyway. Uh, a jangly bit is not a space max. <laughs> Please, Matt. Uh, a mounds bar is not a sprinkle. They have a lot of time fighting against Frenzy, eventually kill Frenzy, because Frenzy's good at killing things whenever main characters aren't involved, but as soon as the main character's involved, he's pretty useless. Um, Did they destroy Frenzy? I don't actually remember what happens to Frenzy. Uh, Yeah, they break Frenzy there. Uh, oh, also worth noting, uh, when they got picked up by, like, the cop earlier, he mentioned something about, like, Michaela at one point, and, like, the cop, or, like, no, it was the Sector 7 guy, he's like, right, eh, yeah, you should be careful about who you hang out with, her dad runs a chop shop, and he's a bad dude in jail, and she went to yeah. juvie working for him. Right, yeah, that's like, oh, that's why Michaela's a mechanic, because she, her dad was a crime. <laughs> he did a crime. Um, anyway, He so... did a crime, and he is now doing the time. <laughs> So back to the combat. Uh, Decepticons Transformers fight a bit uh, on the roads. Yeah, some there's, of them like, die. there's, there's like there's like there's like seven Decepticons and like four of them die in like three seconds. Yeah, it's really fast. A lot of them just die. Uh, again, there's standard action set pieces, including the one that was recurred from the island. Um, and is then, that what happens? Yeah, it is. Well, I thought that was they're in doing, one later. They're movies. doing a mobile fight on the road, and that's when it happens, right? And that's where they—that's where the transformers are jumping off of cars instead of fucking random train wheels off the back of a truck. Correct. Uh, and there's like a point where they like throw the humans with them over like an overpass to make sure they don't get hit by something, and then catch them on the other side. 
Yeah, because Bumblebee has to transform into a robot to shoot one of the Decepticons and ejects them and throws them over an overpass and then they land back in Bumblebee or something. Yeah. So here's, there's your standard ridiculous set of action scenes. Uh, it eventually leads to them like going into a city. They call in more military support, including like an airstrike and our Captain Lennox, I think is his name, uh, does like a cool slide and shoots a yeah. transformer at one point and Bumblebee gets hurt. Other Yeah, jazz- he, shoots, he shoots one of the Decepticons in the dick a bunch of times with the with the Willy Pete rounds. Uh, Jazz gets punked real hard and just gets ripped in half. Um, yeah, Jazz. I remember Jazz says like, "Oh, what? What do you got?" Except or no, Jazz says, "You want a piece of me?" And and, uh, and Megatron says, "No, I want two and rips him in half. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, if, if he said that line, that's a pretty good line, actually. I'm pretty sure that's the line. That kind of rules. Um, um, let me see. Bumblebee gets his leg shot off, but Megan Fox connects the. Uh, like a tow truck to him and drags him around so he can shoot Decepticons. Yeah, he becomes just a turret that Megan Fox is driving around. Also worth noting that the tow truck uh, on one side says Mike's towing uh, with the phone number 5550199. On the other side of the tow truck, it says 555 Mike, which are not the things. Those are not compatible in phone terms. Um, And then... Uh... Sam just keeps running because he's got the AllSpark for some stupid reason. Uh, Optimus Prime gets beaten up by Megatron. Megatron tastes after Sam. He ends up really high on a building. Uh, Sam falls off the building while Megatron's like, give it to me, I'll spare you. And Sam's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> he falls off. Optimus Prime catches him. Um, more fighting happens. And then when uh, there's a brief moment where Megatron's just down there, Sam's just like, oh, wait, I can do this. And he just runs to him and shoves the AllSpark into Megatron's chest. Yeah, and just kills Megatron and destroys the AllSpark except for a small sliver. Um, which they don't even notice, it just gets caught in clothing. Also, the line that I was referring to is on page 38 of the script. 38. It's, uh, Daddle, you got Megatron? Come here, you little cretin. You want a piece of me? You want a piece? No, I want two. Rips that, that's out. actually pretty good, though. Uh, anyway... Again, this sounds frenetic and, like, we're not getting anything down. Oh, the one other thing that happens, at one point he dropped... He dropped the all spark and it hit the ground, made a shockwave, and just random technology started turning into those. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the uh, um. I transformers. I, I love that. Yeah, we get the we get the sprite robot that Mountain turns Dew, into. Excuse me. Oh yeah, sorry. Mountain the Mountain Dew robot that grows a cannon that shoots cans of Mountain Dew um, at people. And there's the guy with the Xbox, uh, the Xbox 360 that just has a bunch of arms pop out of it, and then probably red rings. <laughs> um. Um. I just want. I want to think that the Mountain Dew robot had had the directives of Mountain Dew in place. That it's like must dispense refreshments. <laughs> there, everyone is thirsty. <laughs> but like this sounds frenetic and fast because it is. Yeah, no, this movie is a lot of nothing followed by so much shit that you can't follow it. Um, and then they shoot all the things and shove the spark into his into Megatron's chest, and then he explodes. And apparently, since the spark exploded, that turned off all the like pseudo tiny ones. And then uh, President, who now knows about Sector Seven because of all this like security leech stuff, says that it should be terminated. The remains of the dead aliens disposed of. And since like they don't work when frozen, because he, remember he got unfrozen by Frenzy to get yeah yeah they again. dump yeah they, they, they just they dump him into the Laurentian Abyss. <laughs> Yeah, they dump him into the bottom of the ocean. And I'd like to note so they will the specific never be seen wording, again. the massive depth and pressure there, coupled with sub-freezing temperatures, would crush and entomb them, leaving no evidence. Um, and then we get Optimus Prime's uh, outro. You want to do this one tonight? I did the first one? Um, 
Yeah, what page is what page is that? Uh, page forty-one. Just scroll all the way down to the bottom and go up just a little bit until you see okay. with the all spark um, gone. With the all spark gone, we can't wait. Oh, hold on. Okay, yeah. Uh, with the all spark gone, we cannot return life to our planet, and fail- fate has yielded its reward. Um, where we see Lennox's daughter, a new world to call home. We live among its people now, hiding in plain sight, but watching over them in secret, waiting, protecting. I have witnessed their capability, their capacity for courage. And though we are worlds apart, like us, there's more to them than meets the eye. I am Optimus Prime. I send this message to any surviving Autobots taking refuge among the stars. We are here, and we are waiting. What I've done, <laughs> I'll face myself. Okay. So, um, yeah, the Transformers album in the uh, in the track listing, by the way, at the end credits, uh, plays What I've Done by Linkin Park, then Doomsday Clock by Smashing Pumpkins, and then This Moment by Disturbed. So, just wanted to eat I don't it. think we got past the What I've Done part of this. We didn't, because we didn't want to watch anymore. I also forgot that. I also, uh, but because of that, we missed the two stingers, uh, which I are... I don't care. <laughs> well, okay, so one of them is Starscream exists. Yeah, he was barely relevant, though, in this movie or the next one. He, 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 gets, he, gets, a big, he gets a big presence in the second one. I don't think, not enough. <laughs> he gets, he has a whole part where he shoots down a bunch of jets. Wow, what a, what a quality. He's, a, he's such a, he's a, he's an ask. Uh, so he now. He's up jets. Uh, anyway, either point. Now that we're uh, that that's the plot of Transformers Episode Four, uh, more than meets the eye. Um, so it's uh, I would like to before anything else um, go to our first two notable things we need to address every time we finish a recap. Oh shit! Right, we still have more things. How useful was the lead actress in this movie? Uh, incredibly, like, Me- Megan, so that this is the thing about all the movies Megan Fox is in, she does a lot of shit, like, she, she, of, of all of the leading characters, she does the most things, she's, this, this uh, is true, she's a, well, no, Lennox does more, she, but she does a lot. Wait, who? Oh, if you're meaning, like, complete lead, lead, then yeah, you're right. No, I mean, I mean, of the, of the movies she's in, she does, she does, aside from, like, aside from Simmons, aside from, S- Sim- Simmons and Lennox, because they're military and know about the Transformers or some combination. Yeah, of she two. is considerably more useful than Sam Witwicky. She's still like she constantly... she does more than the main character. She she understands she understands cars. She like breaks into some stuff. She fucking like makes Bumblebee relevant to the third act. Yeah, she she often is portrayed as this kind of like she's portrayed as being useless so that she can be a woman in distress that's hot and we can stare at, but she also is portrayed as being a badass at the same time. It's Yeah, weird. no, she's, it's, uh, it's this weird trend in films from the mid to late aughts where guys wanted a woman they could, uh, guy, guys wanted a hot woman who was after them who could also protect them. This is also where you get your sucker punches and stuff like that. You remember? You remember the movie Sucker Punch? I remember wanting to like that movie because it looked visually nice. Yeah, so that's the kind of thing. Sucker Punch had a lot of had bad. a lot of women. So Sucker Punch had the same combination of things, where like you had a you you had a bunch of women who were um, imprisoned and like in jeopardy and stuff like that and in need of salvation, but were also uh, were also total ass kickers who would protect you. It's this, 
it's it's what the American dream became in the aughts that America is is both David and Goliath, depending on the situation. We are Goliath. We are Goliath in real life, but all, like all Goliaths, we want to be David. So on on the Ripley scale, how many out of five do you think uh, she was uh, useful in this uh, movie? Two, two, two out of five. There's, um, she's, 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 uh, she wants to be a strong, independent woman, but the film won't let her. And also, at no point is she down to the, uh, is at no point down in this movie. Is she down to the t- Sigourney Weaver tuxedo. She's down with the sickness. Yeah, you're right. Oh, ah. Um. Okay, so next, I just want to point out, before we get to anything else, uh, which most of the rest is just our uh, capstone stuff, I want to point out our facts. The facts established by this movie that should be relevant to the rest of the film franchise. Cold stops Transformers. They do not operate while in freezing temperatures. The first known Transformer was Megatron, discovered by the first Wit Wiki at, like, turn of the century. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did not know about other Transformers other than him. All technology is based on Transformers, pretty much. Specifically based on Megatron. Yeah, because he was he was highly advanced. It's it's not dissimilar from Terminator 2. All the Transformers had no notable form prior to scanning vehicles. Megatron yeah, could turn into a tank for some reason, but the rest of them like didn't do anything interesting. They were just like tall figures. So, next fact, uh, Transformers, their sparks are relatively exposed. Just shove something right into their chest and that should kill them. Now, it is all spark, yeah. which is strong, but on the other hand, it still, like, is an exposed glowy bit that you're supposed to shove it into. Yeah, yeah, which is, this is carrying a, this is carrying over a, a thing from Beast Wars, which is the idea of the spark and the soul. And then um, our last fact is Megatron dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's dead. And he's, tossed into he's the dead. He's dead. We'll he's definitely not, definitely not coming back. Definitely the cold and the bottom of the Arctic has destroyed him and his spark has been lost. Um, so, uh, as for, uh, other extra info, I think the only two things we had left to mention from beyond what we said before, um, was that there was a lot of, like, weird picking for, uh, what robots were going to show up in here, uh, choosing a lot of ones that were popular among the filmmakers to make the cast, and, uh, some also of the names changed to, because also due to leaks. Yeah, also due to some legal disputes, like, Hot Rod was going to show up in this movie, but in 2005... Hasbro had a Hasbro was still kind of fighting to get the name Hot Rod or because if you are familiar with other Transformers media since the movie in like 1986 Hot Rod has never been known as Hot Rod he was known as Rodimus because the name Hot Rod was owned by some other company that performed tra- that, that made Transformers media um now there was a RC a female Transformer that was intended to be uh, brought in uh, but she was cut because they found it difficult to explain robot gender because, you know, we can't just say because there's female robots. Because of those robots. two words, it's, it's easier to explain blue gender than it is to explain robot gender. Uh, also, Bay disliked her motorcycle form. He found it too tiny. Yeah, um, which uh, that becomes irrelevant in the next film. Yes, it does. In multiple ways. Uh, however, I think uh, you, the last thing we have about extra facts is your interesting one about Herbie. <laughs> yeah, so... Again, for anybody familiar with the Transformers lore, you might know that Bumblebee is normally a Volkswagen Beetle. Um, in this movie, Bumblebee is a Camaro for multiple reasons. One of which being that GM bought um, GM basically bought product placement for this movie. So every Autobot is some kind of GM vehicle. So GM does not make the Volkswagen Beetle. Volkswagen is no one nowhere under the GM label. The other thing is. 
Herbie Fully Loaded came out in 2005, and that movie was a piece of shit. Um, it was generally panned. It somehow it actually managed 42% of Rotten Tomatoes, which is higher than I thought it was. Um, one thing worth noting, uh, Herbie Fully Loaded was written by the guys who made Super Troopers. And uh, uh, so uh, in the book, um, writing, uh, what is it? Writing Movies for Fun and Profit. But um, it, it's hard to say this title because it's, it's writing movies for fun and profit, but the words fun and are crossed out. Um, they talk about times where a screenplay where a screenplay gets fucked over for reasons that are not your fault, but you're going to be blamed for anyway. And Herbie Fully Loaded was one of these because the producer of that film wanted to take uh, wanted to take the film in a different direction and make it more fantastical than just a magical Volkswagen. Um, and this is off the topic of Transformers completely, but if you're familiar with Herbie, you know that in the other movies, Herbie was just a Volkswagen Beetle that could drive itself around. Whereas in Herbie Fully Loaded, it was like a fucking like cartoon CGI Volkswagen that could like wink at the camera and a bunch of other stuff that was like out of out of place for the Herbie movies. And this was not by design of the screenwriters. This was by design of the executive producer of the film who requested all of these things in. And when the writers didn't when the writers who originally submitted this script did not acquiesce to his demands, they were fired and another writer was brought in who would do all the things the executive producer said. Then, when the other when 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 the other producers of the film saw how shit this was, they brought it, the writers back in to fix it, which they did. They were promptly fired again, and all of the changes were reverted, which led to Herbie fully loaded. So, in addition to other things, <coughs> Bumblebee is not a Volkswagen Beetle in this because. Just like how, like, Catwoman would not show up in Batman films for a long time after that Halle Berry disaster. Um, Bumblebee would not be a Volkswagen Beetle on top of other things because of Herbie fully loaded. Which is, which is fair. That's so. the shoot line from the director. That's, that's the, that's one of the things from, from, like, Michael Bay is that they didn't want to be associated with Herbie. They wanted to keep Volkswagens out of this film in any serious capacity. So, uh, with this all in mind, um, it's just some things to keep around. Let's get to our closing thoughts about this, starting with the Best Bot Award for this movie. Now, I would say our contenders are uh, probably your selection of Bumblebee, Barricade, and Frenzy. Yeah, Optimus is like too... Optimus, Optimus is barely in here still. Like, he does get to kick the most ass, fine. Well, add Optimus to the list because he kills more robots than anyone else. Yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to give it, so I'm going to give it to Bumblebee because in in this film, this isn't even, so I'm going to say like even within the scope of Transformers, like a robot that pulls all of its, pulls all of its dialogue from pop culture is still not relevant because in the 1986 movie, we have the, we have the junk planet with the robots that learned uh, that, that uh, all they've learned is from television from Earth. Um, which I'm going to say leads into the best musical thing of any movie, which is uh, we have fucking Dare to be Stupid by Weird Al as the theme of the Jug Planet. But that said, um, I found I, I really I really like Bumblebee. I, I like Bumblebee a lot, even in spite of the piss jokes. <laughs> That's um, fair. And I think I think he accomplishes the most of any robot in the movie. That's probably true. Well, no, I'll dispute that in a moment. Uh, but. It's close. He's, I'd say, the second most. Um, 
I will say uh, also we I don't think we mentioned it, but he did get his voice back at the end of this movie right, and decide yeah. to stay with Sam for whatever reason. Um, yeah, despite how is it, how is how the Witwickies are like kind of irrelevant at this point because they found the glasses. Yep. So okay, I think I'm gonna give it to Frenzy though. Because firstly, I love seeing that little fucker just murder crowds of people, even if he fucked up any time you look at a main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two, I think he was the one who got the most done in this movie because he found out all the information. He woke up Megatron. He hacked like everything possible, in- infiltrated Sector 7 by pretending to be a phone and killed a ton of people. Yes, yeah, that's, that's that's fair. And he was just entertaining to watch work. Yeah, he had a he had a lot of fun transformation sequences. I think Bumblebee's still my favorite. Um, and he, and that's a respectable I mean, choice. He's he's engineered to be that way. Bar- Barricade is only good for the to punish and enslave. Bar- yeah, Barricade has, which is pretty strong. I fucking love that. That's 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 anytime they show Barricade anywhere in the other movies, they always show that fender that has to punish and enslave. Uh, now, uh, I. Th- think as much as i think frenzy is my preferred one for the total best bot award i think i'll concede the point of bumblebee because this movie is about him and he does a lot of work yeah bumblebee is the true mc fuck shia LaBeouf. um okay so movie quality uh <sighs> on the on the just general as a movie how did how did you feel about this movie did you think it was good did you think it was bad like how, where like don't it was, give it like a specific we, we, we said it before it's really boring it's 90 minutes of nothing followed by like oh well see it's worth noting of... there's a, our next category is enjoyment rating so <laughs> separate your movie quality yeah from but your enjoyment so rating. yeah but okay so wait so how are we separating movie quality from enjoyment rating see okay there is a point where they cross over a bit because a movie like being well made is somewhat different but like we're talking so, okay, about so structure here's the thing. pacing and things like that so, so being here's the boring thing still say. matters so okay so so here's the thing I'll say is that even so from from a structure and pacing side this is still this is still really bad You're we have correct. a lot it's of awful. we have a lot of nothing and then the thing is like once we get into once we get into the action it's like so it's it's so frenetic and shot so like insanely like you don't know what's happening and even if you did the plot's still boring <laughs> Like, there's, it's really simplistic when they get down to it. It's, hey, an alien crash landed. The other aliens want to wake him up and get the power thing. Don't let them do I mean, that I'm not and shoot gonna, them first. So I'm not going to ask for a lot of plot from a summer blockbuster, but I am going to ask for it to, like... So, okay, so here's more the thing than from... That. So, so, here's a, so here's a thing from... Um, I'm going to call the show Freeze Frame. It's probably not called that. But there's, there's, a, there's a thing I'd seen on YouTube. There's... There's three things you need to make an action set piece in a big movie. And that's stakes, which in most action movies these days are life or death. Um, that's that's pretty much a given. You need to have uh, you need to have spectacle, which is to say an action set piece has to do something that hasn't been done in another movie. It needs to impress the audience with how novel it is and continuity, um, which is it needs to make sense in the it needs to make sense in the logic of the world. If if one, if if two of these are very good, you don't need the third one. So here's the thing that I'll say is all the action set pieces in this movie sucked. Yeah, um, we had the we had the stakes there, which are life or death. Like that's that's a given for any action movie is it's going to be life or death. You're fighting for your life. Like okay, it wasn't interesting, a, but it was fine. It's the regular. It's the go by. That's a it's it's the standard one. And then the rest of it is just like okay, we have a big shootout. These these robots shoot back and forth at each other in like a cityscape. Which is, 
average. It was slightly better when it was on the road in mobile, but even then it wasn't like notable. It was yeah, we have better. we have some we have some fun parts in the car chase sequences where like robots are like transforming into where where they're transforming into robots while also keeping their human passengers safe and that that is a semi novel thing. Yeah, transforming but, into like, being cars, but but here's the thing is like the big thing here that we lack which like you can skimp a little bit on continuity and like and making sense like one of the big things they talk about is like one one of the big things that we talk about is in or a big example we can use in skimping on continuity and logic for spectacle is the scene in Terminator 2 which um you know that that the 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 T1000 in like one of the end sequences is driving a truck that's full of liquid nitrogen for some reason um and he's the, he's driving that truck so that the T eight hundred, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger, can jump in the cab, shoot him in the face, and then the truck of liquid nitrogen crashes and freezes the T one thousand so that Arnold Schwarzenegger can say "Asa la vista, baby" and shoot the fucking T one thousand and it shatters into a million pieces and it's fucking awesome. And then it re and then it melts down and like reforms and we get our final sequence in the in like the smelting factory. None of this fucking makes sense. Why is there a truck of liquid nitrogen that just conveniently crashes into a smelting factory? That, you know, the parts of it, okay, a truck can crash into a building, that makes sense. But when you add the details on there, it makes considerably less sense. But it doesn't matter because you have the spectacle there. So that's like, that part, the the part that makes it cool is what is what allows you to not make it make sense. So the novelty here is very thin. And the continuity is thinner, and, and that and makes the this a very are just bad mediocre, action. So, yeah, it makes it a very bad action set piece because we we have like so. I'm, I'm at this at even in 2007. This is after all the Star Wars prequels where we got bored of watching a man with a laser sword ride a lizard and like cut down a million robots. Like it doesn't cgi and cgi and robots are not enough to be impressive anymore you have to up the stakes and this movie didn't do that in if we're talking about pure quality you're correct however it did apparently work for the audience at the time um look a movie doesn't have to be good to make a lot of money you're correct let's let's Um, look i'm just gonna say like fast seven is like the eight what is it fast fast five is the seventh highest grossing film of all time (laughs) in a post avatar era um but so, so yeah, so I'll generally just say that this movie was slow, boring, bad characters, bad design. The, uh, the, uh, the, we didn't even really talk about how the robots, like how they unfolded and just kind of looked bad and weird in uncomfortable ways. Uh, yeah, that's a, the, even Transformers fans were mad at this point because like Optimus Prime didn't look like Optimus Prime. And this is, for some reason, this is a thing that Michael Bay does. He just like redesigns shit. In addition to adding fireworks, all his explosives. Yeah, like, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, everybody fucking hates those because the turtles don't look like the turtles from the comics and the cartoons. Anyway. So, yeah, the movie just generally, I'd say, is poor and bad, but it's a movie, right? Like, it's it's got a structure. It's the top, it's, it's the top grossing movie of 2007, apparently. I, I, that's why I told you. <laughs> that's, yeah, I... Man, was fucking nothing coming out in 2007? I don't know. We'll have to look at the list of other things in 2000. Let's just do that right now for a moment here. One sec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please tell me what other movie. I feel like there are better action films. Even Ratatouille. No Country for Old Men. Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Juno. The Bourne Ultimatum. Uh, let's see. <laughs> you know, the both Bourne Ultimatum wasn't that good. 
Oh god, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End and Old Spider-Man 3 were both that year. World's End was the third one, right? Yes, it was. I am Legends. Oh, Enchanted was that say... year. Enchanted was great. Enchanted's a really good movie. Yeah, I could see why it wouldn't make as much sense. Uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. So, okay, so here's the thing. Here's a here's an argument oh, I will Stardust give. Is that this... Hell yeah, Stardust was so, so, alright, so here's an argument I'll give for why Transformers 2007 made the most money in 2007. Because everything else is an R-rated movie or, like, serious, which not everyone wants to go well, see. Well, here's the other thing. This is, like, the first, this is, maybe, this is, like, the first, um, like, theatrical Transformers film oh, release. Oh, Matt, just wait to eat your words. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I got a box of words here. They might sound mysteriously like Cheez-Its, but I have so- them. So... I was going to wait to bring these up in the next ones. This is the second lowest earning Transformers movie. Shit, okay. Revenge of the Fallen does better, and Dark of the Moon and Age of Extinction grossed over one billion. You know what? Age of Age of Extinction earned that. I will agree. I didn't I'm not saying it's like it wasn't We'll get to that when we talk about it, but like I'd say comparatively, but point being that this is not the, this is not a thing of it just being the new Transformers. It is that I would I would say I would say that, that is a I would say that, that is a large contributing factor. Maybe, but the others hold it up. So who knows? Um, either way, because I will say around this time I knew a Transform. Fuck, man, we haven't even gotten to the we haven't even gotten to the the, the fucking quote thing. Quote thing. The. Optimus Prime says the line, uh, freedom is the right of all sentient beings, which is a, which was, is a callback to a, one or was it in the next one? Not that's in this one. Oh, that's God. in this one. There was a contest for this one. Um, that's a, So here's the thing. I did know, I knew a Transformers fan around this time, um, who I remember. So this is, this is an, another bit of external information. Um, leading up to this film, there was a, an internet poll, um, which whatever line won the internet poll would be said in the movie. And that line ended up being freedom is the right of all sentient beings. However, that is not the line that actually won the vote. The line that won the vote is do a barrel roll, which was part of a very coordinated campaign from the users of the website YTMND.com because that was a very popular meme or as they were known back in the YTMND era fads. Um, and it was a very popular YTMND era meme. Um, and I'm just gonna say that if you're that the the other the other contenders for the line would not be used in the movie, but there would be one used as a ringtone and three used as a downloadable MP3. You could hear the voice actor of Optimus Prime say, "Do a barrel roll." Got none of those. Do a barrel roll was not even deemed worthy of being a ringtone. Um. Okay, so, uh, but so with the very end of the movie quality thing, I'm going to give it a 2 out of 10. It was bad, it was really bad, but it had structure and did kind of what it did. Actually, I'll give it a 2.5 out of 10. I'll give it that. I'd, I'd say it's a, yeah, no, I'd, I'd say it's like a, it's like a, I, I, I'll be a little more generous. I'll give it a 3. Okay, that's fine. I can I can agree with a 3. We'll, we'll settle on a 3. Um, enjoyment rating? Way worse than 3. <laughs> Gonna give it like a one point five. I I hate watching this movie. It sucked. Yeah, no, it was it was it was really boring. And then the action sequences were so frenetic you couldn't fucking figure out what's happening. Like it's and and on top of that, like the parts that were the the comedy parts were like oh 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 dongs and masturbation. Why? 
Oh man, the trans the Transformers are hiding on the lawn as cars. They can't hide like that. Oh no, he's peeing on a guy. <laughs> Goofy Transformer. This character's black. That's funny. <laughs> I wish that wasn't there, but it is. Uh, oh so, man, I wish that went away, but it doesn't. It, does, <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, so yeah, so this is like yeah, one point five. Like it wasn't nothing, but it was it was pretty close. Like I I actively was regretting my choice to watch through these. While later on, I ended so, up not. But like so, this was I'm, misery. Good, yeah. You know what? Um, yeah, I'll go one point five. I'll go one point five as well. Um, yeah, shit. It was suffering. It wasn't a good time. It was, man, yeah, it was, it was not a good movie. I, 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 I didn't remember hating it, right? When I, I had watched it. It's the only one I had watched the series. I didn't remember hating it. I didn't think it was amazing and back as a kid or whatever, teen. I forgot like, how I, slow the beginning was. Oh, I forgot that so it takes us glacial. 90 minutes to get to robots fighting robots. We're going to reach the exact opposite of this later on. But yeah, no, this is, this is something. Um, okay, but our final conclusion would we buy toys from this movie? Because as we all know, the purpose of Transformers is to sell toys. Now, just based on the movie, don't base it on the toys. You don't have to look at those. Just how I, yeah, I, the movie I, I was. Can't. Um, so here's the thing. Like, uh, I mean, this is going it, to... It's hard to get me to buy physical things. I mean, that's so, like, so. Listen, so like, all right. Even, even I have, that's I have true. a lot of... So here's, here's the thing. Um... The things that I would judge in buying in buying a toy because I'm a 30 year old man, so the main purpose a toy would serve was to sit on my desk so I could stare at it. I would put a plastic box over it so it doesn't collect dust. Sure. Which means that the which means that the design of the character of the toy I am buying must appeal to my aesthetics, and I would say I would not buy toys of any of these characters. I knew someone who bought a Starscream toy, and it was actually pretty high quality back in the day. And like, I don't. Starscream go... wasn't even. Starscream wasn't even this film. He was. So... He was very minor in it. He okay. basically wasn't in the film. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, and it looked kind of nice, but even then, like, everything has that weird face to it, and the transforming is weird, and like, even the nice models got to have difficulty transforming and looking good doing it. And the movie sucked. So no, I don't want to remember this movie by having a toy. This one's a no. This one, this one's a definite no. Um. So, uh, in conclusion, who boy, this was a bad movie. <laughs> this was a bad movie. I'm gonna say it's not quite the nadir of this franchise. There are other real big problems throughout this franchise. There are other, uh, but like I personally think, on my personal enjoyment rating, this is my least favorite one of them. Uh, I would say it's my second. It's it's my it's my second lowest of the of the ones that are currently out. That's fair. Um, in this, the year of our Lord, 2018. Yes, that is true. We will update this as need be. Um, but I think with uh, all that in mind, we will get to the next ones in the following episodes of The Last of the Wiccans and give our further reviews of those ones so you can see how they line up. And worth noting, not all of them are entirely negative. Yeah, no. Sometimes these, sometimes these stupid action movies are actually fun. This is not just choosing a movie to hate on forever it's partly that no but like it's it's not specifically that which is why we're giving a more serious review rather than just a joke one like uh worst idea of all time or something like that yeah well we're also now watching transformers the the transformers for a new hope 52 times you know we really should just watch transformers 1 52 times no you're right thanks no transformers transformers episode 4 more than meets the eye 
Yeah. So um, meet you next week for that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. We can talk about our shining lights. Great. Um. Yeah. Those. So remember, if you like this show, uh, leave us a rating review on iTunes. <laughs> uh, subscribe to our RSS. To help feed, us show up uh, in the upcoming and trending. Exactly. Section. Uh, subscribe to us on your RSS feed. Find us where uh, using whatever podcast service you prefer. <laughs> Share us. Uh, the, well, there's many podcasting services, but we re- we we will refer to iTunes because that's the most common one, and most places that poll reviews poll reviews sure, from iTunes. Sure. Um, either way, uh, this is Max, and I'm Matt, and until next time, Autobots transform and roll out. <laughs>